Ahoy! Welcome to the October All at Sea podcast. I'm Gary Brown, Editorial Director of All at Sea magazine, the Caribbean, South Florida and Bahamas' favourite waterfront magazine. In this podcast, we meet the new race director of the Caribbean's largest regatta, the St. Martin Heineken. Now in its 36th year, the four-day regatta continues to grow and attract some of the best sailors in the world. In part two, we go back to the archives and an amazing transatlantic raft adventure. We'll also take a look at what's, uh, what you can find in October's edition of All at Sea. And we'll do that right now. In our October edition, we look at uh, charter trends. What's new in the charter boat industry? We visit Cuba, look at choosing the SUP that's right for you, look through the viewfinder of the new action cameras like the GoPro, and show you how to make your own bimini. And of course, there's lots more. The magazine is distributed throughout the Caribbean from Panama, the southern and northern Caribbean island chain, the Bahamas, and South Florida. You can pick up a copy at marinas, boatyards, ship stores, yacht clubs, boaters' bars, and marine service providers. You can also download the entire magazine for free as a PDF by going to our website at all at sea. .net. And copies going back several years are available. So what are you waiting for? Right, now let's go to the office of the Caribbean's largest sailing event and chat with Michelle van der Werf, the new director of the St. Martin Heineken Regatta. Well, Michelle, you're the new Heineken Regatta director. That's exciting stuff, huh? Oh, yeah, really. How do you feel about your job you know, as a director? It's a huge responsibility, but the regatta is a well-oiled machine. Does that make things easier for you? definitely makes it easier for me. It's very exciting. It's a huge opportunity and a huge responsibility, but I learn a lot every day. I learn a lot. And yeah, I have a lot of people here around me who help me organizing this. So it will all be fine. Have you introduced anything new this year for next March? Is there going to be anything new at the Heineken Regatta? Because it keeps evolving. I remember last year they brought new courses. They changed quite a few things. They listened to what the sailors wanted and they gave that to them. That's right. Like last year, we changed the concept. We, instead of moving from uh, location to location, we stayed here. All the start and finishes were in Simpson Bay. And we're going to do the same thing again this year. It worked out very well. So um, everybody was happy. It was logistically a lot easier. So basically, we're going to work on that, improve the part, uh, make the Yacht Club more like the real headquarters of the St. Martin Heinekurgada. And besides that, we have... Two new classes, actually. The Beach Cats, they are coming back. By popular demand, I should imagine. Yeah, we had them a couple of years uh, back, but then all of a sudden they were gone. It's it's uh, Logistically, it's, uh, it is a class you have to uh, be careful with because it's you need, like, the safety is very important. But we have a new race committee. We have, um, we'll work on that. They will get their own race committee, so... And the other new class, what's that one? The other new class is the former uh, former Volvo Whitbread class. Oh, um, wow. Now, that is exciting stuff. Big, fast monohulls on the course. Yeah, that's the plan. And uh, we already had a confirmation from Team Brunel. Uh, so, Bau Becking, who did around the island, who became second with the Volvo Ocean Race this year, will attend. And they will be here at the dock on Wednesday night. With a, everybody can see the boat, look at it, and... There will be a nice welcome party for everyone. Fantastic. Bringing the regatta to the people. That's what we yeah. we need more of that. Because sometimes people imagine these regattas are just 
for the select few, and we know here in some mind that they're not. Now, there will be a race village in Kimsha Beach again? Yeah, we will probably, like it's not confirmed yet, but uh, right now, but we probably go to Kimsha Beach again for the two nights. So yes, we definitely go there. And last year we had a, a bigger stage and we will build on that again. The thorny question, the one that's on everybody's mind, is there going to be a party on the French side this year? Probably not. Okay, but not definitely not. I cannot say definitely because we we haven't confirmed yet with just our own steering committee, but probably not. That's right. the question. Yeah. Now the I, I know the regatta is been been going. Is it the thirty fifth year this time? Thirty six already. Thirty six yeah. already. A lot of the people who have organised this regatta still participate, but people are getting older. People are now moving on. It needs young blood. Are we seeing young blood come into the regatta at the organisational level? Uh, yes, of course. Like it's all in uh, in the office right now. Like it's me uh, who is new, but also Fleur is the new intern. Like and she's helping me out. She's organising also the kids art competition. She's doing um, a special guest program. So she has her own projects. And but what about the race committees? Are new people coming into the race committee? Will there be new people out on the committee boards? Are you managing to fill those committee boards? Is it a problem? We will have a new race committee. Just We have some people coming back, but some of the old guys who did it for many, many years, unfortunately, we had, uh, they said goodbye because they want to race now. But we will have a meeting the 15th of October to actually recruit people to form a race committee, do race committee jobs throughout the year, train people So with um, throughout the year for all the yacht club regattas, but in the end, the big one, the St. Martin Heineken regatta. The biggest regatta in the Caribbean. Yep. Um, interesting that you say there that the old guys who ran the committee before are now retired to go sailing. It's a funny sport, isn't it? Instead of doing it the other way around, you know, you race when you're young. <laughs> uh, interesting stuff. What about the sponsor? Heineken been sponsoring this regatta all this time. Uh, do you have any new sponsors coming in? Anybody else looking to, let's get involved with the Heineken Regatta? Uh, right now, like, we are busy with just finalizing the sponsors, but a, a local sponsor is uh, La Sucrière, it's the bakery. Uh, we are very happy to have them involved, and they will provide all the lunches and breakfast as well. And it's great to see, like, like, a small organization who can do so much for this regatta. It's great. And social media has played a, a big role in the regatta in the last few years. Is that going to continue? Oh yeah, definitely. Like we are still building and building. There's now actually the the former regatta director Heather. She is responsible for the social media, so she will bring it to the next level and working on that because it's one of the best marketing tools right now. So what platforms will the regatta be on? Now we have our Facebook account, Instagram, Twitter, and we are trying to get a mobile app as well. Back to the racing for a second. There will be a round-the-island race again, and I believe there'll be quite uh, some fast uh, multiples taking part. Will they be looking to set a new round-the-island record? Is that something you're uh, looking forward to? Yeah, yes, and we are talking about maybe adding, like, the day before the Gilcom, there's a cup, actually. So the Wednesday of the regatta, maybe a round-the-island race record. Uh, everybody who's interested can participate That there, would be wonderful. The, yeah, would take there, the pressure off during the regatta and yeah. give them something to go for. Yeah, it's instead of like the the course we have, of course, the course of the uh, the the around the island. So that's different than yeah, going around the, around the island for the record. To do something separate is nice. And Fado lo, last year they broke uh, the record, so it's a nice way to continue. And 
Now, I know there's a new catamaran up in Oyster Pond, which is being advertised as the fastest cruising catamaran in the world, or one of them, and it would be fun to see them go up against the gunboats. Oh, really? That would be very, very nice. That would be a, that, yeah. That's what the regatta needs to to focus the attention of the world's press on this regatta, which we always seem to succeed in doing because uh, we have a fantastic video team and some great reporters coming and uh, the news gets out there. Fleur, do you want to join us for a second? Well, Fleur is the intern. Every year an intern comes out, usually from Holland, always from Holland, and she'll be the right, I could say right-hand man, but uh, obviously Fleur's not a man, uh, but she'll be the uh, main support for Michelle here. And you'll pick up a lot of the slack and you will get a lot of the dirty jobs. <laughs> I, I, I think so. I'm not, uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> I haven't been doing uh, any uh, dirty jobs uh, yet. But it's, so. it's early days yet. I mean, yeah. we're in this office now, the Heineken Regatta office uh, in the St. Martin Yacht Club. Very quiet, very still, very calm. Uh, you know, two or three months down the road, this is going to be a zoo in here. Yeah. You won't want people coming through that door because it will just be heaving. So are you ready for that? Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Okay, what about sailing? Do you know anything about sailing? I know it's um, just, you don't have to know anything about sailing, but do you know anything about sailing? Uh, not that much yet, but I'm planning on learning yeah. a lot about it. more. Yeah. Here, what so. are you expecting from the regatta? What, um, in the build-up, what do you think the build-up is going to be like and what do you think is going to happen to you afterwards? Uh, I think it's going to be very exciting, very busy, like a lot of people uh, around us... Um, yeah, it will be chaos, I guess, but uh, also a lot of fun, yeah. serious fun. <laughs> you got it, serious fun. I got it. <laughs> Michelle, would you like to add anything else to uh, to this interview? Any any message you would like to get out there to the public, um, or to the sailing public, or even to the people who just want to come here and look at the regatta, join in the regatta, go to the parties? What about the parties? Yeah, the parties are, are the best, of course. Like we have, uh, besides the being the biggest regatta of the Caribbean, we also have the biggest music festival of the Caribbean. Is it true that the Rolling Stones are going to headline? Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. <laughs> no, but besides that, I can only tell you, like, registration is open, so come and join us for some serious fun. Oh, yeah, registration is open online, isn't it? Yeah, it's online, so go to uh, henikuragada.com and um, you can follow the links, easily enter, and um, you're in. And the Gil Commodore's Cup's back. Gil Commodore's uh, Cup is back, and it's online as well is open michelle fleur thank you very much for uh, talking to us here on the all at sea podcast that was michelle van der werf of the st martin heineken regatta the regatta takes place march 3rd to the 6th online registration is now open and you can do that on their superb website where there are also lots of photos and videos and all the information you need the website is quite simply heinekenregatta.com you're looking for a good read? Well, Caribbean Deep is an action-packed, explosive thriller about human trafficking. The book is available from Amazon and you can download it to your Kindle or other electronic device for just $7.99. If you prefer non-fiction, then look on Amazon for Biscay, our ultimate storm, and read how my wife and I survived seven days in the Bay of Biscay after our boat was capsized twice and dismasted, throwing us into the water. Biscay is a short ebook, and all the drama is yours for just two ninety nine. Now, on January the thirtieth, two thousand eleven, the forty foot raft Antiki, under the command of eighty six year old Anthony Smith, and crewed by Andrew Bainbridge, David Hildred, John Russ, and John Russell, left Gomera in the Canary Islands to sail across the Atlantic. 
They were heading for Eleuthera in the Bahamas, but force of circumstance brought them to St. Martin, where I interviewed them. First, let me tell you something about Anthony Smith, who was, amongst other things, a writer, author, sailor, balloonist, and former radio and TV presenter. In 1962, Smith led the Sunday Times Balloon Safari Expedition flying a hydrogen balloon from Zanzibar to East Africa, and then across the Ngorongoro <laughs> try again, Ngorongoro crater. The following year, he became the first Briton to cross the Alps in a balloon. Smith read zoology at Balliol College, Oxford, became a pilot in the RAF, and went on to write as a science correspondent. Daily Telegraph. The raft Antiki had one square sail, was built of plastic water pipes, and had a corrugated pig pen for a cabbing, I kid you not. The voyage began as a concise advert listed in a British newspaper in 2006, which simply read, Fancy rafting across the Atlantic? Famous traveller requires three crew. Must be old age pensioners, serious adventurers only. So let's go back to 2012 as we welcome Antiki to St. Martin. We begin by asking Smith about WaterAid, the charity for which the adventurers were also raising money. Okay, we're going to start with Anthony. Uh, Anthony, before we talk about the, the raft and the voyage, it's been reported all over the world. People are calling you the ancient mariner, the old man of the sea. How do you uh, like that accolade? I don't like old man of the sea. I'm still young, thank you very much. How do I feel? I feel very sad to have arrived in some way and very relieved to have arrived in some way. That's all, mixture between the two. How's it compared to uh, flying over the Alps in a, in a balloon? Uh, well, I suppose there I was equally glad that it was over. Miraculous sight behind. We were making a film then as well. Um, it's a sort of daft thing that I get up to. Yeah, but it's a daft thing, but it's got a good cause behind it. This one has a good cause. Usually the cause is me that I try and get the money back that I've already spent on it. Water aid is a very good cause, very happy to be promoting them, and uh, that's fine. So we have a great trip and can say that um, water aid will benefit. By how much? Have you any idea? How much money for them? No, I don't really. I, I hear tell of certain sums. We had a bucket where we were manufacturing the thing and said this is for water aid, and that collected quite a few hundred euros. I know there have been quite a few thousand euros collected uh, by the net, um, so I'm sure they have done very well, and all they had to give us was some leaflets. What made you pick water aid? <sighs> it seems silly when you're in the middle of water that you're talking about water aid, but as you know, salt water cannot be used. So what? That's our occupational hazard here in St Martin. We have an aircraft flying over now. Back to Anthony. Anthony, uh, w- water aid. Um, we are surrounded by water in the middle of the Atlantic. You think water, it's perhaps five or 6,000 metres below you, so it's masses of it. But uh, it's a sad state that many people in the world don't have enough water, or they spend half their labour time collecting water, or the water that they use is foul water. And here in the developed world, then we use clean drinking water to flush the toilets. That's outrageous to many people. And uh, water, water is everywhere, and we're talking really about the 0.1% of water on the planet that is useful for people and plants. And what's sad too is that a lot of people really don't know that there is a crisis with water and a building crisis. 
A lot of the African people know only too well that there is a crisis, that uh, they do spend much of their time collecting water. Uh, it isn't so much water for drinking as water for irrigation, water for the plants, water for the crops, water for the food. That is a much bigger quantity than for drinking. But uh, it's absolutely crucial, and we think it's a super, super charity to be helping. Okay, we're going to move over now for a second. We're going to uh, leave Anthony behind, and, and we're going to go back to him and talk about more about the raft. We're going to come over to David Hildred. David, you're another adventurer. You wouldn't have been out there. Uh, went down the Amazon in a dugout canoe, and another, I guess, crazy guy who seems to uh, like doing these things. Uh, but you were down as sailing master. What does a sailing master do on a, on a raft? He learns very rapidly. <laughs> There's a big difference between sailing um, a yacht... And I've got you know, a fair amount of blue water experience. I actually ended up living in Tortola because I'd been sailing around the world for several years. And um, so I got invited along because I've known of Anthony Smith for a number of years. I've always read his books and uh, I thought he was a great adventurer. Um, well, I got invited along because of my knowledge of sailing, which translates into, on rafts, less than him. He's actually been down the Amazon on a raft. It was a steam-powered raft, but I'm not sure I deserved the title of sailing master. Having said that, the principles of sailing were useful, and uh, we managed to get this incredible vessel um, to track very well, not only downwind, uh, dead downwind, but you know, on broad reaches, and even on a beam reach on occasion, which with a downwind sail, uh, no rudders, because the rudders broke after two days, and um, using centerboards, guaras, to control the vessel, um, and in the end, a, a sort of a, um, a steering oar, a sweep at the back, we managed to get this vessel to track from one point to another chosen point, which is pretty amazing for a raft. It's almost uh, going back in history here. We have a captain and a sailing master. It's almost Nelson's days. Well, that was very much part of the ethos of the raft that you know we were from a different era perceptibly some of us more than others um, but uh, yes I, I think rafts sort of they don't lend themselves I mean we've got Endeavour over there going off down to the classic and you know I've raced against Endeavour in in a previous existence and all that but once you get onto those sort of boats you tend to talk in older-fashioned terms somehow I don't know why it just seems appropriate uh, in a way that it's not on a fiberglass boat. When was the decision made, and either gentleman could answer this one, to head for St Martin and not for the Bahamas, which is, was originally planned? Because it seems to me you couldn't make the Bahamas. No, actually we could make the Bahamas, and there still is a possibility that we will continue this voyage in some form or other to the Bahamas. The, the problem really was that um, the trip actually took longer and some of us, unfortunately, have commitments. Um, you know, I had a three-month leave of absence for work. I've already been away for four and a half months. And, uh, you know, because of construction delays and weather and all that good stuff. Um, but we actually made the choice of St. Martin uh, when we were much further south and about 600 miles away. And I put in a waypoint for south of Phillipsburg and the crew and I managed to get within point one of a mile of that waypoint. Absolutely, absolutely excellent. Anthony, this, on this um, particular expedition, you've used technology 
uh, obviously GPS, you have an amazing tracking system, a yellow brick tracker, we've all followed your progress. How do you feel about the, the use of technology? Uh, is it something that you are happy with? And asking somebody who had a television programme about technology, things in the future, that seems a strange question, but would you do an expedition without the technology now, or would you always use that? You have to use a certain amount. It's irresponsible to go to sea these days without some of this gadgetry. My emotions are, as Dave knows full well, to have it as simple as possible. I would have liked to have had a sextant, for example. Uh, the only one we could find at the point of departure was rather expensive, so we didn't. Um, but it's a question of, it is a little bit stupid not to have something like a GPS on board, which tells you exactly where you are and it tells you your speed and how, how much you've done and everything that's all very useful. So you have to have it. But um, my gut feeling is that I like to have as little as possible. If possible, that's a crazy world I like living in, I suppose. We've just been joined by John Russell, another one of the crewmen on the raft. John, would you like to tell us about the raft? It's made of water pipes and the charity that you're sailing on behalf of or raising money for is Water Aid. And the link with the water pipes, the water, the plankton research you were doing, part of the food chain. Can you expand on that a bit for us? Well, we, we like the charity Water Aid. We think that's uh, providing clean water to the third world and uh, indeed other places than the third world is very important. And um, really we considered that uh, we ha it would be a good idea to support a charity and uh, this was something that uh, struck a chord with us and we thought was very appropriate for the, uh, the raft. And the company who provided the pipes, what did, what did they say when you said, look... We're going to build a raft, we're going to sail it across the ocean, and we need some of your pipes. I mean, they have been extremely supportive, and um, they've been in touch with us throughout the journey, and indeed we invited them to come out here uh, for when we landed, but unfortunately uh, they couldn't do so. Uh, but they have been brilliant, and uh, couldn't have asked for more from GP Systems. OK. And we've just been joined now by Andrew Bainbridge, who's the doctor. Who shaved his beard <laughs> I, have, I, I have to say, you look... Very sprightly in them, and you look really like you've just come off from a, some kind of soiree somewhere. Not like you've. Uh, it, was it was just the antique cruise line. You've never been hiding around the corner somewhere, have you, with this raft? When I first got involved in this with Anthony, his first comment to me was, "Any fool can be uncomfortable on a raft. We will not suffer." So we had all the creature comforts of home. We had plenty of food, plenty of water. We washed in fresh water. We could shower in fresh water. We've still got. A thousand litres of water on the boat. In some of the pipes some that the, the roughs constructed from. They're water pipes. So what better to store in them than water? Well, apart from whiskey. But anyway, that's another story. Um, but uh, so we used to take a shower, not necessarily every day, but no, we had no worries. Dr. Bainbridge, Andy. The, the crew, certainly not young people, and any medical problems you had to deal with coming across? Uh, only very minor things, uh, skin, yeah, a uh, few minor skin problems, um, one chest infection, um, and um, a tapering regime for certain medications that were about to run out. <laughs> but on the whole, you ate, you ate well, you had good food, uh, and so once you got clear of, of, uh, of land, I guess, we're not getting to the germ-free atmosphere, you, you must be pretty healthy. Yep, uh, excellent nutrition, um, no worries on that score, um, and um, yep, like I say, once we got rid of the bugs that we'd acquired 
in the Canaries, then um, there were no no further problems after that. And now you're hearing some man picking up all the bugs again that everybody's breathing on you all around, unfortunately. David, the uh, welcome in St Martin seems to be quite overwhelming. Uh, the Yacht Club have gone out of their way to make you feel at home. What do you think about St Martin so far? Oh, God. I mean, well, I've been here many times before because I've been, I, I live in Virgin Islands. I've been in the Caribbean for 22 years. The welcome from St Martin, and particularly St Martin Yacht Club, has been incredible. And coming through the bridge, 5.30, the other night, all the hooters went off. There were hundreds of people here to greet us. It was a very emotional welcome. And thank you, St. Martin. Anthony, I'm going to come back to you finally. Unfortunately, on our radio programme, we do, we do run out of time, but sailing the raft, you broke the rudders, and you have this amazing sweep over the stern, which I'm admiring that greatly. I would like to have that sweep. It's lovely. Did you do a lot of the steering yourself? Does the boat steer itself in, uh, in any way? Or I did no steering myself. I was let off because I was a couple of years older than they are, and that was very nice, so I didn't have to go. No but we, th- we thought... We we're going to have to steer with it a lot, but then in the end, it pretty well steered itself. This minor adjustment had an enormous effect. And what with that, and moving the spar, and moving the sail, then most of the time, although the sailing master did very well indeed, but most of the time he wasn't actually having to do physical work. Yes, he worried, but uh, he wasn't at the tiller full time, partly because there wasn't a tiller, but also because of the amazing characteristics of this raft. I'm really impressed. It's, it's got very low freeboard, and the deck's close to the water. And I imagine you're in the big trade wind seas, running down those trade wind seas. What was the motion like? The motion was fairly continuous. You were always in motion. Of course, when you went to sleep, you tended to rock back and forth a bit. But amazingly, for any yachts person, uh, we had bottles and uh, mugs of coffee, large glasses and things on the table. We didn't have to have that magic plastic stuff that keeps them glued to the table, more or less. They never fell over. Once, the only things that fell over were things that I bumped into myself because I was a bit careless. No, nothing. It was not like a yacht. And finally, Anthony, what's your next adventure? It's surely going to be one. Lunch. That was Anthony Smith and his crew of adventurers on the raft Antiki. Smith, with the new crew, went on to fulfil his dream of reaching Eleuthera, and I was on the boat that towed the raft clear of St Martin and sent him on his way. We'll have that for you on a future podcast. Smith died in 2014, but he is one man I will never forget. If you would like to comment on the podcast, then please email to gary at allatsea.net. Your comments may be read out on the podcast. Remember, you can find All at Sea on Facebook and Twitter, and download the magazine from allatsea.net. If you would like to learn more about the books, Caribbean Deep and Biscay, Our Ultimate Storm, then swing by my website, garyebrown.net. Until next month, safe sailing.